0: Welcome to Formula One Plus One, where we'll break down the fastest sport on the planet into bite-sized episodes. Whether you're a seasoned fan, fueled by passion, or you've never watched a race in your life and just want to know what all the fuss is about, we welcome you. Get comfortable in your race seat because it's lights out and away we go. Thank you for tuning in to my premiere podcast. I'm calling this a soft launch as it will differ a little bit from my regular format and I'm not quite ready to go live on the socials just yet. So big shout out to my close friends and family who are probably the only ones who will find this episode for now and I appreciate your support especially if you could care less about racing. Now on to my first topic. Why was Lewis Hamilton's move to Ferrari such a big deal? If you're listening to this you probably saw my 62 stories about it. We are now about three weeks since the news first broke and honestly I'm still reeling from it like it was yesterday's so I figured I'd still drop this episode. There'll be times where I have to let my ADHD run free and go on a tangent. This will be signified with the cute little chime you just heard and you'll hear it once I close that tangent. I'm going to dive into some of the reasons why this was the shock felt around the Formula One world. I thought there was a chance I was being overdramatic as I'm known to be, but soon realized that it really was as big a deal as I was making it out to be. I wasn't the only one in shock. When the rumor first broke, I didn't pay it much mind. I figured it was a shitty attempt to deflect from all of the other F1 drama happening at that time, and there has been a lot of drama these past few weeks. As the day went on, more and more fan accounts were reporting about the rumor, and then eventually media outlets started reporting it. I was now far more invested, but I still refused to believe it until it was confirmed by either the driver or the team themselves. By dinner time, Ferrari finally put out an official statement. I'm in North America on the West Coast, and I can't imagine how hard it would have been for superfans in other time zones to have to go to bed without a confirmation or denial. So now we know it's true, and I'm here to break down my thoughts. I've tried to organize my massive brainstorm into three areas, the three most affected drivers. So without further ado, let's get started. First I'm going to focus on number 44 himself, Sir Lewis Hamilton. This guy is a worldwide celebrity. His name extends far beyond Formula One. He's a pop culture icon. People will say there are better drivers past to present, especially since Lewis hasn't won a race since December 2021. But if we look at fame specifically, no other driver has achieved the same level that he has. Now why is news about him leaving Mercedes specifically such a big deal? Well, his contract earned him the highest base salary of any driver on the 2023 grid. Lewis Hamilton is synonymous with Mercedes, the same way Ferrari is synonymous with fast cars. This upcoming season will be his 12th with Mercedes, where he has won six of his seven World Drivers' Championships. And even the one that he won with McLaren was with a Mercedes engine, just before Mercedes bought out Braun to start their own team. The Bronze Series on Disney Plus is an easy watch. It's a limited series, and Keanu Reeves as a narrator and interviewer is a sweet bonus. Because of his long-standing history with the team, it was hard to imagine him racing anywhere else. In a field where the drivers are getting younger and younger, we know that we'll eventually read a retirement announcement, and most believe that following this announcement, his final F1 race would be with Mercedes. This scenario isn't completely out of the question, but it's a lot less likely than it was mere weeks ago. Now let's move on to Carlos Sainz. He's been a driver with Ferrari since 2021 and will be replaced by Hamilton in 2025. Now, on its own, the news of Carlos being replaced wasn't that huge of a shocker, but it definitely lends to the madness. Even before the announcement, there were already doubts about Carlos's seat with Ferrari in 2025. With other teams and drivers announcing their extensions, the radio silence from Ferrari about Carlos's contract was deafening to his fans. Rumors swirled about whether or not he and the team were going to be able to come to an agreement. Carlos wasn't expected to be with Ferrari for too long, with Audi coming into F1 in 2026. The expectation was that he'd move over there eventually, given that his father has a good rapport with them through his rally car career. Now, with all that being said, this wouldn't be as big of a surprise if it wasn't for the fact that Carlos was the only non-Red Bull driver to win a Grand Prix last year. Let's put that into perspective. Red Bull won 21 of the 22 races last season. That single outlier was won by Carlos Sainz. Regardless of whether or not people believe in his talent or think it was a deserved win, the fact remains that he was the single red blip on an otherwise perfect Red Bull season. So Ferrari letting him go in light of that came as a surprise. And lastly, I'll talk about Charles Leclerc. Supposedly, because the news about Lewis was leaked, they were forced to make a statement way earlier than planned. Just one week before Lewis's news rocked the world, Ferrari and Charles had announced that he would continue to drive for them into 2025 and beyond. One week. Barely enough time to digest Charles's future with the team even if it wasn't a surprise. Why does this matter? Well, Charles is regarded by many as Ferrari's golden child. After his rookie year with Alfa Romeo in 2018, Ferrari gave this young kid a shot for the 2019 season. Charles showcased his talent and they offered him a five-year contract. He was 21 and even with the grid getting younger and younger, this contract was a massive deal for a driver of his age. Ferrari wasn't known to give long contracts like that to young drivers. The fifth and final year of that contract comes to an end this upcoming season, so news of him re-signing wasn't that huge of a surprise. I mean, really, imagining him anywhere besides Ferrari is like imagining Lewis anywhere besides Mercedes. Charles had dreamed of driving for Ferrari since he started karting as a child. Man, I could go on and on about this, but long story short, things happened in his personal life that made driving for them mean even more than just a childhood dream. So what's the big deal if we knew he was going to re-sign anyways? Well, the news broke about him continuing with Ferrari, and then bam, the deal with Hamilton was announced. One week. So imagine being given one of the most coveted seats in Formula One and reveling in the glory only to find out a week later that your teammate and your biggest competitor is actually a seven-time world champion and the record holder for the most race wins in the sport. This is where F1 differs from other sports. Your one and only teammate is your single biggest rival. But we'll delve more into that on another episode. Now Charles and Ferrari's team principal, Fred Vesser have a great relationship. They worked together when Charles was only a teenager racing in GP3 and then again in 2018 in Charles' rookie year with Alfa Romeo. As the team principal, Fred oversees the team's operations and hence has a lot of say in changes to the car. Driver styles differ so greatly, so Charles being touted as the favored driver means that his opinion on the car would weigh heavily when it comes to changes throughout the season. Great news for Leclerc fans, right? Well, guess who else has a good history with Fred? Yes, Sir Lewis Hamilton. They had a team principal-slash-driver relationship back in 2005 when Lewis was still racing in F3 and GP2 and have maintained their relationship over the past two decades. While Fred says there will be no number one driver on his team when Lewis joins Charles, I don't quite believe it. There was no supposed favorite last year, but the way the car changed over the season seems to suggest otherwise. But that's a story for another day. Charles says that he was fully aware of the talks between Ferrari and Lewis, and rumors say that he has exit clauses that kick in on the third year of his contract, but would he have still signed such a long contract if the deal with Lewis was set in stone? Will there really be no number one driver on Ferrari? Will this Monegasque ever be able to secure the World Drivers' Championship when he's racing against one of the best? These are the things that keep me up at night, as sad as that sounds. So yeah, wild, right? (laughs) Anyways, let's talk about why this makes sense. Make it make sense. Ferrari is the team with the most wins and the most championships. Lewis is the driver with the most wins and is tied for the most championships. He's tied at seven with Michael Schumacher and five of Schumacher's championships were with, you guessed it, Ferrari. It's hard to talk about Formula One's history without mentioning Ferrari or Hamilton. Both are so hungry to be back on top, so I don't doubt that 2025 is going to be crazy. Okay, that turned out to be a lot longer than I expected, so I'm going to try to wrap this up quickly. There are a lot of contracts ending in 2024, so I look at this as the big earthquake and expect there to be several aftershocks to shake up the 2025 season. Who will get the open Mercedes seat? What will happen at Red Bull if Perez doesn't perform? Will we see new faces from the reserves or academies? For the first time in Formula One history, we start this year with the exact same grid that we ended last year with. I have no doubt that 2025 will make up for all of the changes that we didn't get this year. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. Anyone listening to this specific episode probably knows me personally and knows this is way out of my comfort zone. I appreciate the time you took to listen and hope I sparked some interest in you. And if I did, please let me know. I physically have to restrain myself from talking too much about Formula One. So the more people I can talk to about it, the more I can spread it out and not annoy the ones I already do talk to about it and as the checkered flag waves for this episode we thank you for tuning in whether you're listening from the grandstands or your living room couch we appreciate you spending your valuable time with us tune in next time for more fun don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss out catch you at the next pit stop